When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Broadcasting from the AnyUp Studios, it's the longest-running poker podcast for the everyday poker player with your host, Joe Scales. Hello, A-Team. It's Friday, September 15th. And... Welcome to the Andy Up Poker Podcast, where every hand is an opportunity, every player is a friend, and every episode is a winning experience. <laughs> I started saying that a couple of weeks ago and somebody said they liked it, so I think I'm going to keep it. It really does speak to the goals that I have for Andy Up. I'm working hard for you guys to build a platform that entertains you, but is also a sense of community. I mean, just thinking about the layout for this week, community is the key word. It's going to be coming up a lot. One way it's coming up is to talk about our Patreon page that we launched yesterday. This came about because so many people kept asking all the time how they can help and how they can be more involved in the show. Obviously, sending in those hands of the week and Call the Floor segments is a huge way to be involved, and I always appreciate that. But now, our Patreon page will be another hub for any up fans to be involved. We have two tiers. In the first tier, we will be releasing exclusive content and behind-the-scenes looks from travels and putting together the podcast and the magazine. Also, there's a special forum where you can give input on guests and the format of the show. I'll even reveal certain guests prior to their interviews and open the floor to you to ask the questions you want to know the answer to. On the second tier, we'll include all of that, as well as a seat in our patron-only game on PokerStars. In the game, you'll compete against me and the Annie Up podcast team, as well as those that contribute to the magazine. You'll be competing for prizes and swag each game but it's only open to our second tier members. So sign up today at patreon.com slash anti-up-poker. I'll include a link in the description as well. Now, just a word from our show sponsor, Manscaped. When you want to look and feel your best, Manscaped is your best friend. Manscaped is committed to helping men around the world walk and talk with some swagger. And we all know how important that is around the poker table. They have the best grooming tools on the market, hands down. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Don't neglect yourself 
get right this fall with Manscaped. Start with the beard hedge trimmer with 20 adjustable links. Then keep going with the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, and the Handyman face shaver. All of them are waterproof and include the skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and hair pulls, etc. Once again, Manscaped is kind enough to support Annie Up, so show your support to them. Go to manscaped.com and enter the code ANTIUP20 to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's ANTIUP20 at manscaped.com and you will get... 20% off your order plus free shipping. Look and feel your best with Manscaped. That's all I have. So let's get on with the show. Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table with Table Talk. We are back around the poker table with L. How are you, Elle? Tired. <laughs> I hate to say that two weeks in a row, but... You know we have another road trip coming up. I'm fully aware. I think I'm already tired thinking about that one, too. I shouldn't use the word tired. Nothing to complain about. Just a lot going on. It is a lot going on, but this time, definitely flying. Definitely flying this time. If I could say, hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about that part. I love um, trips with you. I do. But the last yeah. one was the last one included many more stops than we're traditionally used to. So I'm looking forward to. I don't know that it was. I don't know that it was as much the stops as much as it was the drive in between the stops. Yeah, <laughs> if you guys didn't see on social media, we were to the point we were singing. I was singing Elvis songs. Uh, I don't even know what that song was that you were singing, but <laughs> middle school songs. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, memories, oh, no. do you remember? Do you remember what my favorite poker movie was? You really is? put me on the spot in front of all these listeners. Yeah, what's my favorite poker movie? You know, I know this. Rounders. Yeah, this week. In 1998, for anybody that wants to feel old, this week in 1998, Rounders debuted in theaters. So that's 25 years. Yeah, 20, 25 years ago. And I've never seen the whole thing end end. So. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe that's what we should do tonight when our grandkids go home. Our grandkids are coming over to hang out this afternoon and eat spaghetti and meatballs, which is going to be amazing. But... I think we should watch Rounders tonight then. I think you're right. I'm never going to turn down an opportunity to watch Rounders. Okay, so it's a poker popcorn (laughs) date night. Yes, yes. So tell me what other movie, because Matt Damon is the lead. Obviously, you know that part. What other movie that debuted that year was Matt Damon also in? You're really testing me today. (laughs) I mean, uh, Living Private Ryan comes to mind. That's the winner. <laughs> really? Yep. And I was still a very early teen at that point and was not allowed to watch it. Oh, really? No, 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 um, no, no, no. 
Oh, I'm dying. Matt Damon. I'm dying to see that one about the Nike. Yes. Wearers. We need to watch that too. We need to put that on our watch list, but I digress. So rounders, would you probably, yeah. 25th anniversary, you've probably watched it 25 times. And here I am saying I haven't finished it once. I've watched it at least 25 times. <laughs> I think I've watched it before I've gotten up on Saturday morning before too. Yes. Yes, that is true. So I I remember, and I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming it was as um, promotion of the movie. I, I don't remember that. I just remember Matt Damon playing in the World Series of Poker the year that it came out. Oh, yeah? And, yeah. And I remember him getting knocked out by Doyle Brunson. Oh, geez. <laughs> what was the if hand? I, if I remember right, if I remember right, Doyle Brunson had pocket aces and Matt Damon had pocket kings and got knocked out. What a way to go out. <laughs> yeah. The aces. I was yeah. devastated over a deuce a week ago. I can't even imagine. <laughs> wow. Well, experience yeah. for the two of them, though. How fun. Yeah. And that's bad beat story for Matt Damon. But I mean, come <laughs> on. Way to go, Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that, you know. The fact that it was Doyle Brunson, the, the godfather of poker, that knocked him out. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, also, so I wanted to bring this up because I saw a post actually the other day. It might have been yesterday. I saw a post that said, despite the WSOP breaking the record for entries in the main event, mm-hmm. that they believe poker is still dying. And I do not understand how in the world they can come to that conclusion. Everywhere we've gone, we have seen poker rooms filled. And uh, it wasn't just the main event that that broke records. I mean, there was long lines all summer long. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, even on our trip out in the Midwest, I mean, poker rooms were filled up. All these other tournaments across the country are just killing the the, uh, guarantees and... Um, now the WPT at the win in Vegas, they've promised a $40 million guarantee. So, I mean, I don't see how anybody can say the poker is dying. It's blows my mind, but yeah. So I want to know what, where they're getting their numbers then. That's what I'm going to say in, in reply. Yeah. Where are your numbers coming from? Because you're absolutely right. Everywhere we go, I mean, standing room only, at Firekeepers, we couldn't have gotten into the tournament that we wanted to get into if we had wanted to. Right. I mean, it was like wait list after wait list after wait list. Um, now, can I hear an argument that there's not enough dealers to handle the desire to play? I've heard that more than I've heard the game is dwindling. 100%, yeah. I still stand that the game is growing because women – more women are beginning to play. And I know I, I mentioned this last week and I'm not on a soapbox or playing my harp, but honestly, as soon as you get women included in anything, women love to empower other women. And I really feel like that is going to be a growing aspect Yeah, to, or a, a big aspect in growing the game. I 100% agree with that too. You get two 100% agrees. So Woo! we're, we're early in the podcast and already, <laughs> I, I mentioned the WPT World Championship that's going on at the win, their $40 million guarantee, but they've got 
a lot of things going on with that. And I mention it because the big one for one drop is going to happen again this year. And I always get excited about that. With a million dollar buy-in. Yeah. Million dollar buy-in. So it draws the biggest names in poker every time. And uh, this year already Phil Ivey has claimed his seat. So it's all, I'm always excited to watch Phil Ivey, you know, obviously. And that's in December as well. It's in December. Yeah. You know, they, like I said, they have the biggest names in poker. Uh, Antonio Esfandiari won it in 2012. Dan Coleman beat Nagranu. You know, Elton Sang and Justin Bonomo have all won it. So see who wins it this year. You say um, Nagrano, did you know he, he bought a new house this week? No, I didn't see that. You follow him on the socials. <laughs> a looking office, a great looking new office, and they're going to build all sorts of things and add on, I think it sounds like so. It wasn't Phil Helmuth's house, was it? No. Well, uh, Phil Helmuth was selling his his house in Vegas. That's the reason I asked that question. Oh. <laughs> so I'm super excited about the WPT this year. And and you know we were invited to the media dinner for this, so that's why I'm be, excited about yeah. it. <laughs> you watch WPT, but but this year I'm excited because we think we're going to be able to go to that. Yeah, and uh, I think that is going to be fascinating because like I said, you know, the biggest names in poker are going to be at this thing. So I'm going to, you're going to see me in, in like fanboy mode. <laughs> Pack your tux. <laughs> yes. We bought that last year. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We had a, we had an important date last, last year. Yes, we did. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, we do have, uh, we do have an exciting announcement to make. You're actually going to let, we actually can talk about it a little bit. A little bit. We can't, we don't have all the details. We can't go deep into this, but we're bringing back a fan favorite in 2024 for Annie Up. So it involves um, a very large boat and a very large body of water. <laughs> That's all I'm allowed to say. Yeah. It starts with C and rhymes with bruise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just if you're reading between the lines and you're interested, mark your calendars for about mid-October of 2024. Yeah, like maybe around the 14th or so. <laughs> Ish. Put that, Ish. Put that out there in your planners. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have all the details worked out, but we're getting close. And so 2024, October 2024. Yeah, stay uh, tuned for our social media and also, obviously, we'll announce it here and in the magazine. Yep. We'll give some more details in all of those places. And, I mean, I think so much of what we talked about here has to do with travel. Like, we've talked a lot about we've got travel coming up. Mm. Uh, we're, we want to go to the that uh, media dinner at the WPT. We back from a trip. Yeah. Yeah. So. All of that. Boots on the ground, seeing what's going on in the poker rooms and in the casinos, and that's what we're about. So we yeah. absolutely love it, and we love bringing that to you guys. And we have another really exciting thing that launched this week that I know yeah. we've mentioned it on social media and you know other places as well, but I think it's really important to talk about our Patreon page. 
Yeah. So we, we launched our Patreon page and I, I know I mentioned this earlier in the intro as well, but I do want to at least, I want to mention it again, you know, every time we go somewhere, right? Every time we are in a city and covering whatever, then people are coming up and asking how they can help. Uh, mm-hmm. Or they write us and ask. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people have said the magazine's free now. So I, um, how can I help Annie up? How can I help you guys grow and, and continue to do what you're doing? So this is it. Yeah, it is. It is it. And, and we were really very thoughtful in creating, um, this opportunity for the A-team and Annie up nation. So, um, if you're interested in behind the scenes looks, having your own platform, uh, to have conversations with us, to hear, big announcements first to um, be able to submit questions for guests or learn what's going to be in the magazine early. Uh, Join our call team on our Patreon page. And if you're interested in all of those things and playing in an exclusive poker game once a month against everyone, um, all the people that it takes to, to, to get the podcast and the magazine out to you guys every month. Join us at the, the, the raise level. Yes. So two tiers. The call tier is $5 a month. The raise tier is $10 a month. And uh, we promise to provide lots and lots of really great, exciting stuff for you guys. Yeah. And we'll have prizes and things for that that poker game for the winners in that too. So um, some swag that we can throw in there and yeah, make it, make it fun. So really uh, looking forward to that once a month. Yeah, I think that's going to be, uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. But if you're looking to take me out of a tournament, you get another shot. <laughs> so for everyone who's curious and just hearing those details, please visit us at patreon.com slash poker. Awesome. And I'll have a link to it in the description as well, the show description as well. Oh, but great. You can also check it out on our social media and in our link tree as well. Yeah. Yeah. On our link tree as well. Other than that, I think that's all I've got. Happy Friday. Welcome to the weekend. We made it. Good to have you back around the tables with us. And as always, Joe, it's a pleasure being around the table with you. You as well. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter. Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York, and he joins us each week to say how he would rule on situations that come up in your games, and he's here again this week. How you doing, Elliot? I'm doing very well, thanks. Things are going well. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well. It's it's dress down day at work today. So <laughs> so <laughs> get the hoodie. Pulled the hoodie out. We got uh we just got back from all that travel and and have a few days left before we head out of town again. So, you know, I my one of my favorite parts is going out and seeing any up fans as well as these poker rooms. Uh just seeing how different they are. I will say from a Rivers standpoint, I love going to see all the the rooms are set up 
pretty similarly when you go into a river's property, but there's just little subtle nuances here and there. And I, I, I do enjoy being like, well, that looks the same and that, but that's different over there. <laughs> yeah. He was the same architects, but obviously it can't be identical. Right. So we've got a call the floor this week uh, that's sent in by Paul Phillips and a huge shout out to Paul because he said he has listened to every episode new and old. So thank you for that, Paul, being a, a long time, long time listener, because that's that's a lot of hours. <laughs> well, it's a worthwhile <laughs> subject, so it, it, that's true. That messy. is true. But he, he has a situation that came up in a Vegas casino. So this is the second week in a row where uh, where we've had a situation in Vegas. He said, this occurred, and he was curious to see what Elliot would say. It's a 1-3 cash game. Player one is in the small blind. Player two is in middle position and raises to $6. When the action was on player one, and then he in parentheses says, I know the order of actions is important, so here is the correct timing of what occurred. Player one said raise. Then... Cut out $25 in red chips, four to five inches behind his small blind. And there's no betting, none of that betting line that we've talked about in the past on this table. He then placed a $5 chip on his $1 chip, which was the blind. He then slid the $25 of red chips out. So they were next to the $6 combo of red chip and small blind. The dealer ruled because it was two motions, it could only be a minimum raise of $9. Player one objected and the floor was called, which at least that took place. The floor ruled it was a minimum raise and action proceeded with a $9 bet standing. So he says he would just be curious to hear how you would rule, Elliot. Well, <laughs> there's a lot there. The dealer is not wrong here. Uh, once again, I mean, I appreciate the detail. And the detail is important. Context matters, of course. Where everything is on the table matters. But once again, if the player is going to say raise, why isn't the player going to say how much? And why are you going to put on a, a big song and dance <laughs> number, cutting out your chips and, and putting on a show for everybody, instead of just moving all your chips forward? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> uh, all you had to do was give us an amount. All you had to do was push it all out at one time. You didn't either. Why are you wasting everybody's time? Why are you all of a sudden deciding to be quiet after actually having spoken up? We can't read your mind. We don't know that all the chips you're going to cut out are going to be a raise. All we can do is, is make a ruling based on the information uh, we see and and what we see with our own eyes. Right. Uh, the dealer wasn't wrong here. Uh, all you got to do is speak up. Uh, well, I'm talking about player one. This may not necessarily be you, Paul. Player one can object all they want. They had plenty of opportunity. And let's face it, let's turn this around. They announced raise, so now they get to put a raise in. Well, you only get one action per turn. Right. You don't get to make two, two bets. You don't get to make two decisions on a turn. You get to make one decision. You get to make one action. Well, the action was raised. Well, the rules in this current day and age are one motion. Uh, Multi-motion raises, uh, except when declared you know, by a specific amount, whether all in or a number, have been disallowed in almost every case. Uh, we're done with that. Those days are done. You get one motion to the pot. Yeah. Take advantage of it. 
So he announces Rays, puts a call in, and then puts a lot more chips in. That's two motions. <laughs> you only get one. Now, if working, but, but he cut those out very separately from the stack. I understand that point. That's a relevant fact, I suppose. But if that's the case, then the player not only made two motions, he made three motions. <laughs> he cut his chips out, he put his call in, and then he put the, the raise in. That's three motions, not just two. Not just one. And where does it end? Uh, stop being cute, folks. Don't be cute. You want to make a bet, make your bet, and make it clearly so that everybody at the table knows what's going on. So I have little sympathy towards this player in this spot. I'm unconcerned. You didn't make things easy on anybody else at the table. <laughs> All you did was say raise, which is a lot, but it's not enough. Right. I was going to say he got almost there. <laughs> he right. said raise. All you had to do was say $25 or 26 or whatever it was. Anytime before you started moving those other chips, all you had to do was give us that number. <laughs> you didn't. Right. Oh, well, tough. <laughs> Should have moved all your chips at one time. <laughs> yeah. But stop being cute, folks. Public service announcement. Yeah. <laughs> stop being cute. Just play poker. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Well, Paul asks another question here, and he says, as an aside, uh, another situation that I frequently see is a player wanting to raise – and he picks up a stack of like 20 chips or whatever and moves them forward in a forward motion, then drops about eight to 10 or whatever to signify a 40 or $50 bet, whatever, and then pulls the other chips back. Should the entire stack be the bet or are they allowed to pull the chips back in after a forward motion is made? Which we've seen this, you know, this is pretty common for people to do this, but this is quite a common method of betting. And this is certainly a holdover from the limit days where you could only bet a certain amount and it was much easier and neater to put them out in very neat stacks of four or five chips cutting them out. Forward motion is great. And he brought chips forward. He was obligated to make a bet of something. And he did. He bet something. There may be rooms out there that are enforcing an every chip forward rule, but I'd be hard pressed to name one. <laughs> When you move forward with chips, you're obligated to make a bet. I don't know of any place that would make you bet every chip you have in your hand at that point. And eight to 10 chips is a significant amount of the chips the, that were moved forward by the person. So that's a reasonable bet and a reasonable action. Yeah, you're obligated to bet something. You move to the pot with chips when it was your turn and you bet something. That's fine. Uh, that's a very common method. It's accepted. Nobody has considered that an angle. The angle is if you bring all the chips forward, maybe move your hand a little or jiggle your hand and watch for a reaction. Right. And then when you get the reaction you want, either pull your chips back or continue betting. And that is almost the classic string bet, uh, not what is generally referred to as string betting. Uh, stringing somebody along to get the reaction and, and figure out whether you need to put more chips in the pot. Uh, but... Taking a whole stack of chips, uh, 20 or so, and cutting out uh, 8 or 10 or 12 of them is absolutely an accepted method of betting. And uh, nobody's going to call anybody out on it, at least from a personnel standpoint. The supervisor, floor, tournament directors, they're not coming over to the table to, to object or, or rule against. It's it right. just not going to happen. It's a very reasonable and common method of betting, and I'm fine with it. If you're putting in the chips neatly, it, it certainly 
that makes the game easier on everybody. Right. And I think that's, like I said, you know, it's, that's a pretty common way of doing it. I do think that if you just say what your bet is, it still makes it easier. Even if you're doing that, say 40 or say $50 or whatever. And then, you know, as you're cutting them out or whatever, because then if chips fall off your stack, then what do you do with that? Then there's quite, you know, (laughs) if you just say what you want to say or what you want to bet, then there is no question. That's (laughs) right. If you get nothing else out of this segment today, that is what you need to get. So make your intentions clear. Very good. Well, Paul, I hope that clears everything up for you. Uh, we really appreciate you listening for uh, as long as you have. Yes, thank you. And if you or anyone else has a call the floor that they would like to know how Elliot rules, send it to podcast at com. Elliot, as always, appreciate you being here. Very welcome. Glad to do it. We'll see you again next week. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Break it down with Hand of the Week. All right, let's do another Hand of the Week with Patrick. How's it going, Patrick? We're back. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I, uh, I'm i trying to get better at taking care of uh, staying active and, and, you know, the job we do, we tend to be in front of a computer a lot, so trying to be better at that and so i just got back from a workout oh boy and uh we'll see they you know it's supposed to help you cognitively we'll see everybody may listen to this and be like if that's what you're like after a workout i don't i don't want you to work out anymore i don't think you should never play (laughs) we'll see I got to tell you, I mean, it's still early afternoon and I'm already dragging. So, you know what? We may be on completely different scales here, but you know what? <laughs> Let's bring on a hand of Louie and see what we got. <laughs> well, this week it's sent in by Brandon Ramos. And he says they're playing in a friendly home game. Okay. It's 25 cent, 50 cent blinds. And we've got about $57 in our stack. Okay. So this particular hand under the gun limps for the 50 cents and then it folds around to us in the cutoff and we are holding the ace of spades, seven of spades. All right. Ace of spades, seven of spades in the cutoff. With one limper. With one limper. I'm probably going to bet three bucks. I think raising there is for sure. Three bucks is what? That's like six times the big blind. It's a little. It might be a little much for an A seven, but yeah, I, you definitely need to raise there yeah. for sure, which is not what Brandon does. Brandon makes the call, okay, and the button makes it two dollars, so we get there anyway. See, we were going there. <laughs> All right, the small blind, the big blind, and under the gun all call. Okay, back to us. I'm assuming Brandon calls that. Yeah, he does, okay. and. You know, if you're if you're willing to go three, I'm sure you you call the two. I would definitely call the two. Um, all right, so all right, so there's one, two, three, four, five of us to see it. All right. I think to start, <laughs> we've got position on everyone but the button, right? So Correct. my goal would be to get that one person that we don't have position on out. 
So I feel like you got a raise there, Brandon. So to start with, I would have I would have definitely had a raise. As it is, there's what, $10 in the pot. The flop is the five of hearts, six of clubs, seven of diamonds. So we did we did hit top pair with uh, top kicker too. Very good point. So small blind and big blind both check under the gun makes it five dollars. So about half pot. We have top pair, top kicker. What are you gonna do? I think I'm gonna make it fifteen. I like it. Yeah. Come over the top. Come yeah. over the top. Top pair, top kicker. And exactly like you said, we want to be in, you know, we're in that best position. Just maybe this does send our friendly button out. Yeah. And we at least find out how strong under the gun is. Right. What did our, what did our friend Brandon do? He makes the call. Call. And everyone else folds. So it's us and under the gun. Us and under the gun. Well, then it definitely would have. It would have done the same thing if he'd have done what we did. I mean, everyone would have gone. Under the gun had just called pre-flop, right? Right. Uh, he limped and then called, called the raise. Yeah. So if we think about what he could possibly have. Ace 10. I think. Ace jack. Medium pairs. I Yeah. Some over pairs to the board are possible for yeah. sure. But I also think he could have it, he could easily have pocket fives and pocket sixes, right? They're, that's definitely in the range. I don't think I don't think they're going to have three four very often with a two dollar raise, eight nine maybe. Could you see like a, a queen jack? I don't know. I don't. I don't see. He had a chance to check. He wasn't the aggressor pre flop, so I yeah. feel like queen jack probably would have just checked i don't know i don't i don't hate the call but also you got to be thinking about your outs here so true what do we hope for if we hit our ace we make two pair but then we're still behind those sets which for some reason i just i feel like i feel like pocket fives or pocket sixes are are right there that's that's what scares me so that's why i like the raise that you're doing because yeah you can at least know where you're at. If he if he's like I'm all in, or even if he calls, then you've got to be going alarm bells, right? Yeah, big time, big time red flags but, on that when he calls. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I mean, my first thought was I almost leaned toward a fold just because uh, I'm so scared of those fives and sixes. But I think that's too weak. Yeah. So so doing the raise I think is great, but he makes the call, okay. which puts. $20 in the pot and the turn is the seven of clubs. Ooh, baby. So now we have top set top kicker and under the gun makes it $12. Under the gun. That's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. So he makes it 12, just over half pot. I'm probably going to double them up. 24. I, yeah, I think I think at this point I'm feeling froggy today. Can I, you I tell? guess so. I I think at this point <laughs> I think at this point you you have to slow down a little bit. I don't know. This is this is exactly what I fear with that flop because if they have pocket fives or pocket sixes, now they've made a boat and we're we're drawing nearly dead. Um, Correct. So 
All right, you got to be honest with all the listeners. Have you read ahead? I have not. Are, are, are I they holding not. fives? All right. I all have right, not right. read. I don't know. Um, all right, so that's a fair That's a fair thought, I, and I get what you're getting at, too. Um, but playing Brandon's hand after the flop, the pot was 10, after that seven of clubs comes out at 20, I think you still, very similar to what we were just talking about, is find out how strong his is. And we're going to find out here. So at least my thought process is I am going to find out for the better because he's either going to bow out or maybe just call. Or if he's got the boat, then he's coming right. over the top on me anyways, and we can save some money on the river. Right. Is that fair? No, I think that's fair. Okay. I think I probably just call. Okay. But, that's um, – but I'm I'm a little scared today. That's so. that's okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what did what did our friend do? What did Brandon do? He says he makes the call. Okay. The river is the jack of clubs. Okay. So watch so the board so. now is the five of hearts, six of clubs, seven of diamonds, seven of clubs, jack of clubs. So actually, the flush got there too. Oh uh, yeah, it did. And we've got so was that forty four in the pot? Yes, yeah, forty-four. Well, so what's our friendly neighborhood under the gun do? Under the gun shoves and has us covered. We have thirty-eight dollars left in our stack. So it's one and two. Well, I guess technically one of three. I don't. I mean, maybe he was waiting around for the flush. He's got the boat, or he's trying to bluff us. Right. I'm surely feeling froggy enough that I don't want to run away. But I'm probably if he's got us covered. We're early enough in the game. I mean, he didn't really say where we were, I guess, in the game, but like you and I were talking. So, I don't know. I'll probably fold. Yeah, I think I'm leaning that way too. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I think I probably do. I, th- I think I probably let this one go. Brandon says, I tank for a good minute and I ask if I can pay $5 to see one card. Nice. So one card would take care of both, actually. Because if, if one card, he knows it. He can either see if he's got the club or he can see if he's got a right, five or a six. Right. And if he's if he yeah, has one club, then he would be smart to say yes and show one club. And But yeah. anyway, the under the gun player holds his cards up high enough for the players around him to see, but then answers no and gives me a little wink. <laughs> Oh, uh, you got to love all these little yeah, nuances of a home game. They're so fun. I uh, oh, absolutely. I, obviously, we don't know this player, so I don't know what that little wink means. But I feel like yeah. if you played with him long enough, you should know. You should know. You should know that you exactly what he is saying to you with that. Wink. Uh, yeah, but uh, and I got to tell you, I don't know that guy at all. I don't know Brandon at all. I you know just this. But I'm going to take a stab and say that Wink was, hey, I got one past you on that. Didn't have a bow. Didn't have. Okay, you're flush. going that way. Thanks. That I'm going that okay. way. <laughs> I'm taking it as strength. So. Uh, okay. Hey, I had you. Like, good. Well, fold. he hasn't folded. So. Oh, that's a good point. He hasn't. Yeah. I'm still taking it at that. I'm still taking it as I don't have it. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm Brandon, I probably look at that as strength and I fold. But you're saying you're looking at that as not strength and you're, you're I'm going yeah. the other way. I'm taking that wink as I, I'm going to get one by you, but you don't have to <laughs> call and I'm going to call him. <laughs> so Brandon, uh, Brandon sides with you 
and puts in the call. And? And the end of the gun player says, boat. And shows, wait, wait. He shows the seven of hearts, jack of diamonds. So we had him all the way until the river. He rivered a boat. Yeah. Unbelievable. So that week was definitely out of power. I got to tell you, I don't like that guy. <laughs> Whoever it is, I don't like <laughs> that wink. I can feel that wink in my soul. Mike's out there listening right now going, yeah, kid, I told you that. I did that to you. Yeah. That's what Mike's telling me right now. I definitely thought he had pocket fives, pocket sixes, but uh, did not put him on jack seven. But here's here's the thing, though. If we raise preflop, he's gone. Which I did. I want credit for. I wanted to do it. Yeah. You coming over the top on the flop yeah. probably gets him out of the hand as well. For sure. He's got... If, if, if nothing else, he maybe he checks and... We get to control the pot, yeah. right? <sighs> well, Brandon says, I know this is a low stakes game, but I would like to know all the ways I could have prevented this. And I think we just said, first of all, raise preflop. Yeah. So then, you know, then the pot, actually the pot doesn't get as big because the other people probably fold too. Yeah, you're small and big one. The other fold. players in the hand. So yeah. you're going to be left and with the, you and the under the gun anyway, maybe the button because they were around for a little bit. But I mean, definitely raise pre-flop and definitely raise on the flop. I mean, you've got top or top pair, top kicker and see what happens. At least then, you know, you're probably getting rid of right. that guy. So to answer his question, it probably prevents this. Probably not necessarily, but probably. And then, you know, if you run into someone that's got, you know, if they're paired up in their hands, you know, kings or queens or jacks or something, at least you're going to know because they're probably going to either call quick or come over the top of you, and then you know. Yeah. Yeah. That that being said, we've so, all played this game for quite some time, and that it's not always how it works, but those are two ways that he could have prevented it. May not have worked. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true, especially in a home game where people are a little more relaxed and throwing – Throwing yeah, some money, you've but got, you've got cards being raised above your head and winks going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which brings to the next point that Brandon asks, which is, he says, "Should I stop playing with my buddies so often? I feel like they're picking up on how I am playing and using that to their advantage." Uh, I'll just... address that one. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely, you should definitely, especially. <laughs> Especially if you are going to continue to branch out and start playing more and more, I highly recommend, I mean, not necessarily playing with them less, but playing other games. Because then you will start to see how different people treat you and how you can also read them. Because, I mean, we played for hours that night, and it was not hard for you guys to pick up on my novice. Now, I'm not saying that he is. I mean, he's got more knowledge than I do. But, yeah, that would it would be interesting. I always think you should play other games but also i think the best way to handle that is to change the way you're playing you don't have to stop playing with them just learn to play a new style start to three bet yeah. a little bit more or add things like donk betting into your game or just something to throw them off like once people start to get a feel for how you play it's actually 
it's actually it's kind of fun to change your style and and confuse people because everybody's going well that's not he must he must be strong because he doesn't act like that or you know and then then once they start to catch on to that then change it back to the way you were playing before blow blow some minds yeah blow some minds brandon <laughs> i like that that's a cool question i, I, I yeah, like that one. so uh and that's a good way to end it so if anyone else has a hand of the week yeah. that they would like patrick and i to break down send it to podcast at com. and patrick appreciate you absolutely cheers guys have a good one bud see you next week It's time for Joe's One Outer. In light of Mike Matzinger's interview in the magazine this month, I want to talk about the social aspect of poker. There have been a lot of players over the years that credit poker for being a catalyst of sorts to their own personal transformation, helping them overcome obstacles or driving some sort of positive change in their life. From improving communication skills to, (laughs) believe it or not, fostering a physical fitness mindset, poker really does serve as a platform for growth and collaboration and self-improvement. Players that were once shy start to break out of their shells because (laughs) you're going to encounter some diverse personalities. And that's going to allow you to expand your horizons a little and may provide some valuable perspective as well. Navigating poker's emotional roller coaster can contribute to your personal development as well as gain a little camaraderie because, let's face it, we've all been there. In short, poker's ability to bring players together, in my opinion, is its most remarkable feature. And you're likely to leave the table with new friends regardless of your chip counts. What you learn at the tables can encourage your own personal growth and even present some professional opportunities within or beyond the poker realm. Every poker game has its own risks and rewards. While the poker table can be a competitive space, in all actuality, the most significant wins in poker aren't even monetary. Instead, it's the lasting friendships that you establish along the way. That's today's one-outer, and that's today's show. I'll see you next week, A-Team. And until then... I'll see you at the tables. The Any Up Podcast is a production of AnyUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcasts at AnyUpMagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to editor at AnyUpMagazine.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.